Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, Duncan, Justin, Tinsley, Emily, Captain, Kitten Yates. Trivia question to start for a bonus. The last time a college football team three-peated? L. 1936. Last century. 1936, Minnesota Golfers. That's how we start. Also, Nick Bosa. Let's go. Ah, settle my hands. You know, that, that's more than a two-point bonus. That's going back nine decades. Here's a five-point bonus for Duncan. And we'll start with college football. Week one begins tonight. Florida at Utah, the Utes, number 14 in the country preseason. That's tonight's game. Storylines to start the season, Georgia, the betting favorite to three-peat. Think about that for a second. No one has three-peated in nine decades, and they're favorites to do it while resetting their roster and a new quarterback, etc., etc. Alabama, Nick Saban. Coy on his depth chart to start the season. Ohio State, Ryan Day, just named Kyle McCord, starting QB this week. Michigan, starting with no Jim Harbaugh. Conference chaos throughout it all. L. Duncan, you got the bonus, and you're leading off here. Around the horn to you, what are you watching for week one? Around the horn to you, Tony. Uh, well, of course, <laughs> besides the obvious, waiting to see if my Bulldogs can do something that hasn't been done since actual milkmen dropped off your milk in a milk box. It used to happen, kids. Google it. Um, but I'm actually really interested in a few things. I'm petty, so I love the Pac-12 swan song starting tonight with Utah, who's going to be leaving for the Big 12. Could them or USC sort of finally find their way back into the playoffs for a conference that they'll now be leaving. But more importantly, the former darlings of college football trying to prove that they still have the juice, like Alabama, who are getting really tired of not only hearing about Georgia, but now in their own division, LSU. And more importantly, Ryan Day at Ohio State wins 15 of 16 against Michigan in the last two years, can't beat them do they have what it takes to kind of wrestle back the hierarchy away from these teams? I'm really interested to see how that plays off. And for Georgia, it's not going to be a team that we're talking about until later in the year because of their schedule. And I think that's actually not good. This team is incredible. They're returning 13 starters, and I think they're much more positioned to win than we'd like to give them credit mm -hmm. for. So you're calling them the favorite then, right? George Bulldog. Yes. Mm -hmm. Emily Kaplan, number one storyline you're watching as we get into week one here. Yeah, I'm curious about Alabama and Nick Saban saying that he's not going to do a depth chart and everyone saying, oh, that's such a big deal. Do we not forget 2018 when Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts were trading in and out of snaps and then Nick Saban snapped at Maria Taylor on the sideline and said, I'm not quit asking. I'm not going to tell you as somebody who asked coaches uh, tense questions at tense times. I'll definitely not forget that. And they were just fine that year. But selfishly, I'm looking at the Penn State Nittany Lions. That's the school I went to. It's unfathomable to me that we're already at like nearly a decade of James Franklin. And I think we've stagnated. Clearly, he's a dynamite recruiter. He can put dynamic teams on the field. But then we're going to lose inevitably to either Ohio State and or Michigan and then not make the college football playoffs. So this feels like our best year than is. 
but Michigan and Ohio State are really good, and I feel like the path is exactly Whoa, the same. So a lot of we and our in our answer from Emily Kaplan. We there. are, okay? We are. We are. <laughs> we'll do Justin it. Justin Tinsley, number one storyline you're watching for as we start the season. Honestly, Tony, I'm looking at Florida State. They are number one in the country with production returning. Mm. And that, that alone makes this the biggest season in Tallahassee in at least a decade. All year long, we've been hearing, oh, can they finally overtake the ACC from Clemson? Can they make the playoff? And when you look at this team, they are loaded with talent. They, they killed the transfer portal this offseason, and they are led by, by, by two names in particular, quarterback Jordan Travis and defensive end Jared Verse. They are, they are potentially two high, very high first-round draft picks. So when I look at this Florida State team, their margin for error is microscopic. They start the season off with LSU, and, and later this month they go to Clemson. Clemson, excuse me. Mm. So very, very soon we will we will know the the truth about this Florida State team. Travis has gotten some preseason Heisman buzz, and the path there, if they make it through the month to get into the playoff, <laughs> could be Indeed. could be available for the best team you think from them it's in the decade since Jameis Winston won his championship. Correct. Glenn Yates, go to you, number one storyline. Tony, I don't want to get too far in the forest to see the trees here, but this is the first day of the rest of our lives when it comes to college football right now. Not only is all of the alignment going to change with the conferences, but the actual playoff expands next year too. Everything is going to be very different next year this time when we see it. So what we know of, what we have come to love in college football right now, this is the last we get of it. And that's honestly kind of mind-boggling. As for the specifics, I think that Nick Saban in Alabama, that's a situation where you could have said one thing. You could have said, it was a strategic advantage to not give away your depth chart. You could have said, I don't want to reveal it because I don't want to. To reveal that it could be a problem in your locker room seemed very strange to me overall from a guy who's usually very tight-lipped. But for me, right here in Los Angeles, the question is, of course, can Caleb Williams get to two the first time anybody would have done that in the Heisman race since Archie Griffin did it at Ohio State? I do think that's a fun story for people nationally. But overall, yeah, it ain't going to look any different this time come next I'll year. Give you, I'll, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I kind of rolled my eyes when Tinsley mentioned Florida State, but let me just say in a non-petty way, his lips to the football god's ears, this has been the longest <laughs> that the state of Florida has been irrelevant on the football landscape as a whole in a very long time, and it's not good for college football. One of these teams has to do something. She says, she says that in a non-petty way. Did it land? Was it, was it non-petty? <laughs> it was petty oh, it was and the heartbreaker petty. right there from Mel Duncan. Oh, we'll move wait. on. Our other headline of the day. The 92,003 in attendance for Nebraska volleyball last night. Look at these images. The scene in Lincoln, huge, bombastic, triumphant, and emotional. Not only is it the highest attended volleyball game ever by five times, and the stadium record, bigger than any Husker football game, it's the highest paid attendance for a women's sporting event ever, period, globally. More than World Cup, Champions League, Olympics, anything and everything in between. All this for Nebraska versus Omaha Volleyball. Clinton, what was last night most about you? Man, it's almost hard to put into words. When they announced that this game would be happening in February, everybody in the volleyball community thought Nebraska is the school that's going to pull this off and they're going to do it with a plum, and that's exactly what happened. Their sellout streak is well known. And in general, though, 
as much as people look towards this event as something that spoke to women's sports being viable from a paid standpoint, from a visibility standpoint, from a game standpoint, I want to speak specifically to what it says about women's college volleyball itself. As somebody that covered that in college, it is an exciting brand of the game. I know Beach is more popular. I know people talk about the men all the time. But women's college volleyball for me is one of the best products we have from a sporting standpoint. And I'm glad that it got center stage, not just as from the largest of the event, but for the actual game itself. It was really fun to watch. And everybody who was there, I'm sure, is going to look back at that moment as one of the best sporting events they ever went to in their lives. Shouts to Carolyn Condit, by the way, who was the head coach of Miami of Ohio when I was there. <laughs> you covered that team in your youth. Justin Tinsley, uh, what last night meant? Let's put 92,000 in perspective right here. Those are Final Four, Beyonce, Michael Jackson. Those are WrestleMania type numbers. And so when I look at the conversation around women's sports, especially this year, I think about women's March Madness. I think about the continued rise of the WNBA and this. The, the common theme is investment. And I'm not just talking financial investment because no one wants to be used for a photo op or just to check off a box. The real thing here is emotional investment because that opens up everything else, including the money. And when you look at the university University of Nebraska and their volleyball pro program, that is, a prime that is a prime example, rather, of emotional investment at the highest level. So I, I hope moving forward, we continue to see things like this with other volleyball programs, with other sports programs, with other various different levels around this country, because on the other side of these quote-unquote glass ceilings being broken is the reality that we, we should all be living in. Emily Kaplan, it's a headline, 92,003, but it's Seems like it's something more. It was for Clinton and Justin. How about you? Yeah, it sure is. I talked to Liz Merrill this week on ESPN Daily. She was uniquely qualified to talk about this story, having been a Nebraska volleyball beat writer in the late 90s. The athletic department told her that the volleyball program netted $1 million in revenue last year. So this, to me, is an example of seeing women's sports and then reimagining their ceiling by really reimagining their stage. The Nebraska football team has fallen on hard times. It's of note here that their athletic director is Trev Alberts, a really good football player himself, and he was the most influential person behind this. So he's setting the example that it doesn't need to be the traditional basketball or football that can be your livelihood. Trev told Liz that they did um, they really incorporated these elements of Memorial Stadium and production elements that they've never done for a football game before. And I really hate to use this analogy and muddle my flyover states, but it's the clearest example of if you build it, they will come. And L. Duncan. Yeah, listen, you guys, this was not a stunt. This was paid attendance. 92,000 people paid. The tickets started out between $5 and $25. On the secondary market, they were an upwards of $400. I'm so tired of the conversations around supporting women's sports being centered around morality, equity, equality, doing the right thing. You have a daughter. You came from a woman. The point of the matter is the reason you should be involved in women's sports is because it's a great business strategy. It is an untapped market. And if you promote it and you market it and you've got a fantastic product like they do at Nebraska, then you enjoy the fruits of your labor. And I hope that this belabors that point again to the decision makers. You want to be in this space because that's where you make the money because the women have all the juice. That's a mic drop and a break. <laughs> Buy or sell on the other side. Can we do bump set, Spike? I'll bump. Tins, you set. Bump. No? Okay. I'll go with Spike. <laughs> 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. A report from San Francisco that Nick Bosa will be with the team and available to play week one in Pittsburgh. That's from Jason Dumas, KRON-TV. But that's not from Kyle Shanahan just yet, although he's been optimistic at the podium about Bosa's availability. But 10 days away. The reigning defensive player of the year, nowhere near practice. Contract negotiation goes on. Clinton, how big of a problem might this be for the 49ers? I think it could be a reasonably big problem. If urgency is a thing, now would be the time to get a guy in the building. That's a losable game to start week one. And in general, this combination of Lynch and Shanahan and the genius and all this that they've sort of brought to the team allegedly, I'm starting to wonder how long that's going to last at this point. Between all the decisions between quarterbacks, I know they had injuries and so forth. They don't have a kicker. Their best defensive player can't get on the field. They better do something this year because this has been a rough ride, even if it has been a little bit L. Duncan, what's that face you're making? I well, well, exactly, Clinton. I just I feel like rumors of their demise are greatly exaggerated. All of those things have happened to the Niners. More catastrophic injuries to their star players than anybody else over the last handful of years. Meanwhile, three of the last four years, they've either been in the Super Bowl or a game away from the Super Bowl. And also, they traded for Christian McCaffrey last year for a bag of peanuts. So, like, the idea that the front office isn't front officing, I it would not be concerned. Any concern about concerned, Bosa course, specifically but, playing week well, one versus Pittsburgh? Hmm? 100%. You take a small sample size with the one game he missed last year He's when they were on the road player. against Atlanta. Exactly. And they gave up, well, but more specifically, though, right, they gave up more rushing yards than they did the entire season. And this is a Niners team that does this. We saw it with George Kittle. We've seen it with Debo Samuels. We saw it with Fred Warner. They like to go right up to training camp. They have never pushed it this far. They've got to get that man Emily back. Kaplan, your view of this? The only thing I know is that I'm not listening to any updates from John Lynch because he literally said Trey Lance has a more <laughs> chance to stay on the team and the next day right, traded yeah. him. So this misinformation Possible. season. Yeah. I do know this. 
it was super a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and that's what they are. You need the player that led the league in sacks last year. As Clinton said, week one on the road against the Steelers, that's kind of a trap game there. And if you have him at this point, he's probably in a pitch count. So I do think it gets done. I'm not sure about the urgency. Can you have no a trap you. game week one? Uh, that's interesting. That, that, hypothetically speaking, I, I'm going to reward you a point there because everything's a trap before you even walk into a building. Justin Tinsley, how about you? There is no glass half full approach to him not being there, none. This is arguably the best defensive player in, in football. San Francisco is, uh, is a top five pass rush when he's on the field. Uh, Bosa is seeking to become just the second player in history with three straight 15 sack seasons. The other guy, oh, some guy named Reggie White. When you're in that conversation, San Francisco has no room for leverage. You pay the guy and you pay the guy yesterday, two weeks ago. What is going on right here? Mm. Buy or sell two. A soft knock that was featured on Hard Knocks. Wide open left flat. And getting loose is Conklin with a flag down. He's going to hit a defender. Defenders just turn into chase. What are you doing, bro? This ain't 2014. I forgot. I forgot. I, forgot. I just I blacked out. I blacked out, all right? I ain't been able to hit nobody in a while. What the bro? What the is that? Respect, bro. Come on, what the is that? Five? I don't know who you are, bro. You don't? I never heard of you. And then I gave him the line that's uncomeback with the bolts. I said, I don't even know who you are. Giants, Jihad, Ward's response to it all. It's preseason, all that stuff. You're gonna do some reaction like that? Hmm. It's cool though. That's how they roll. I think we play them soon. It is what it is. He says all the Giants were pissed off over Rodgers. Playing the who are you uh, line to Ward. Justin, how does it come off to you? Uh, this is hard knocks. They're always going to go for entertainment. So it's no surprise there. And I do hope McCain is okay. But here's one thing I will buy. Ward sticking up for his teammates, sticking up for his homeboy. And anybody who's been in these type of situations and understands the vernacular that he just said, whenever somebody says, it's cool, though, it's cool, it's not cool. So it's not cool. So will we remember th will we remember this when they play on all October 29th? Probably not. But I guarantee you who will is Jahai Ward. Emily Kaplan. Oh, we will remember this. What is Hard Knocks? It's a propaganda tool. It's created to create promotion of the NFL and storylines through access, and that's just what they did. What I find interesting here is that a man who claims that he loves darkness retreats has really gravitated to the bright lights of this show and has become the star of it. Like, how lame is it to say, like, hey, look, I had a really sick trash talk. Teammates, listen to how sick my trash talk is. I'm sorry, you would never do that. <laughs> yeah, he did game. that, right? Hey, did you hear what I said? Hey, did you hear what I said? Um, El Duncan. Well, it was also lame, Emily, especially because of what the trash talk was. Saying, like, I don't even know who you are is as clever as saying your mom, by the way. Um, I hate hearkening back to the time, like, of the good old days in football, but is there anything more zillennial than bitching about how a scene was edited for a documentary on HBO? Like, get over it. This whole idea of a chip on your shoulder from the Jets because someone besmirched your offensive coordinator or a chip on the shoulder because Aaron Rodgers acted like he didn't know who he was, the real chip on the shoulder for both of those teams should be that they were four Formerly once proud franchises who have largely been irrelevant come November every year. 
I cannot believe that Aaron Rodgers gave away the whole secret and said exactly what's on the forefront, foremost front of his mind, which is content is king. You cannot <laughs> actually say that word when you're going to a new team and people are questioning whether or not you're still going to be the same actual quarterback. Less content creation, more film, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if HBO still has comedy specials or not, but the way that he was doing that tight five on the sideline with his team makes it seem like he's more concerned about stuff like that and, I don't know, hosting Jeopardy than he is actually trying to throw footballs. You cannot admit that out loud that you care that much about a stupid television program, Aaron. It's too weird. I'm all right admitting you care. I'm all right admitting you care and you I mean, this is a stupid television program. Yes! I say. mean, it's all right. What do you mean? Glenn <laughs> Yates, Justin Sinsley, thanks for your time. Kaplan Duncan, that's our showdown. Next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Emily Kaplan, L. Duncan, good luck in showdown. Could the New York Mets trade Pete Alonzo this offseason? Reports are growing. The feeling of the deadline, as explained by Max Scherzer, was that the team wasn't thinking about next year, but about further down the road. And a big rebuild, this goes towards that, potentially. Emily, point blank, should the Mets be thinking about trading Pete Alonso? No, ever since Steve Cohen came in the league five years ago, he's flaunted how much money that he's had and how he's going to win. Well, they haven't won, clearly, and now they've created a tax to curb his spending. But you still have the money. Throw it at the problem. Pay your homegrown star who has led the MLB in homer since he came in. L. Duncan. Listen, at the end of the day, like, it, Pete Alonso should want out. The Mets should absolutely try and keep him around. You're not going to get a ton for him anyway because he's entering the final year of his deal. And an emerging 29-year-old, you're only ever concerned that you don't think he'll be able to live out that contract. He's shown no indication that he can't sign the man. Mm-hmm. You both agree. They need to keep him. We'll split the point. We'll move on. 0-0 zero, zero. seconds left. Was it time for Messi Magic last night? No, Nashville keeper. Elliot Panico, that's something to tell the grandkids. First time Messi's been held off the score sheet. The draw still gets a point for Miami, and with Chicago's loss, still positive movement in that chase for the last playoff spot, but they can't be giving points away either. L was last night, step forward, step back, and what was it for Messi? I think it was revealing for a bunch of celebrities that woke up today like, wait, 
This was Messi's home debut. What did I pay $15,000 for three weeks ago? I think that they're just tired, folks. I think they've been playing a lot of soccer, and it's just a back-to-life, back-to-reality moment. But I did notice some frustration, which was interesting. You know, I canceled some dinner plans last week when the Miami game went to extra time because I didn't want to miss Messi magic. And you know what? My social plans are going to continue to be in flux. Sure, he was tired. He doesn't score a goal, but he still had seven shots. This is still must-see TV effort to be watching Miami. You canceled dinner plans last week. To, okay, okay. I'm, I'm following you here. La did you eat dinner last night is all I'm really worried about. Uh, did you go to bed hungry? Yeah, I eat dinner every okay. night. I just didn't go out to eat. I had to bring we'll it in. Give a point to Duncan then. We'll move on. Showdown 3, Joe Montana telling men's health his pick for best QB of all time. I think you can guess. It's right there on the screen. Dan Marino. Montana said, put Marino in today's game where he gets a free release. All right, here we go again on our own, going down the only road we've ever known, Emily. An old player liking an old player over a current player, but Montana liking Marino over Brady, over Mahomes, over himself. How'd you hear that? You know who's the best quarterback of all time? Your mom, Elf. Uh, no, it's really hard to compare across generations, uh, and I think that for, <laughs> you finally get the joke. Come on, come on, look how funny my joke was. For example, Dan Marino got to be an Ace Ventura, and Brady got to be an 84. <laughs> See what I did there? I said your mom. See what I did there? Well done, Emily. Uh, listen, I'm not a fan of comparing generations and whatnot. I've got a dude that I work with that swears if you take Magic Johnson right now in today's NBA, he's only Ricky Rubio. These are stupid conversations. Wow, you just called exactly. you just called somebody out. I don't know who you're talking about. Yes. But um L Duncan, wire to wire Andy. win today. I just want to uh, say shout-out to all the parents that are feeling lots of anxiety. My two-and-a-half-year-old was dropped off for the first time at school today, and within one hour of being there, they gave the kid goldfish. Not normally a problem, except for that he has a severe dairy allergy, and I'm just wondering, is that a red flag, or should he just be homeschooled forever? Was Xander okay after the after eating the, He's fine. the very cherry goldfish? He's fine. Cherry He's fine. Goldfish. He was okay? That's fine. Thank you.